Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Double went on Durant, Mills. Shot clock at three. Harden bumping it in. Luka. Oh, takes it in! What a great move! James Harden! Kareem's off the body of Doncic and glides for two. Well, there you go. That's what we can expect moving forward. Well, we'll find out. Keith Pompey covers the Sixers for the Philadelphia Inquirer. You can follow him on Twitter at Pompey, P-O-M-P-E-Y, on Sixers. Nice enough to join us the morning after the game. So um, you asked a really good question the other night. Actually, I don't know if you asked the question, but Doc Rivers was asked the question. With the addition of James Harden, do the Sixers now have enough to win an NBA title? And Keith, I was kind of surprised because he didn't, he didn't just come out and say, well, of course we do. So do they? You know, I, I think they're a better team. I think they got the best player um, in there. But, you know, I, I don't know if this is elevation to the NBA championship to win a title. I mean, just because, you know, there are, there are some deficiencies. Like, you know, first of all, we have to see how Joel and, and, and Harden meshed, right? That's the mm-hmm. first thing. I think they will do well, especially this season. But it, the shooting has been inconsistent. The best shooter they traded away to get James Harden, and and they fi- and they finally found a, a quality backup big, um, and Embiid for Embiid and Andre Drummond. And now the Sixers have to look for a backup big in the buyout market. So you know. Doc Rivers was he was kind of honest. Typically, coaches say, "Yeah, yeah," um, but I, I think he was honest, and I, and I think that is those are two legitimate concerns right there in regards to a consistent shooter. Someone has to step up, and who's going to be the backup? You know, just in case something happens to Embiid, or you just want to, you know, you don't want to wear them out minute wise. You know, Keith, one of the things that was seen with the Sixers uh, over the course of this season. Um, was the fact that when teams went to zone defense, it really gave them problems. It's it's been mm-hmm. it's been really throughout the season, and you just saw it last week with the game that they lost. Again, zone defense has just posed a problem. I'm guessing that the addition of a shooter like Harden could could be the solution to that, right? I mean, it it would seem like if 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 zone defenses are problematic for your your team, having a shooter with the range of Harden would be a good way to would be a good way to combat that. You know, I, I, I agree. I also think the fact that he can take things off the dribble, like where he can sort of attack the defense and then kick the ball out as well. And, and you know, he can do the step back three or he can find Embiid. I think that is going to help him because when you look at the 76ers, 
you know, Tyrese Maxey has played a heck of a season. I mean, he was better than 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 anyone could imagine. But he's more of a combo guard than a point guard, right? And and they didn't have a, a point guard. Not to say that James Harden is a quote-unquote point guard, but at the same time he has more experience and he can do that. And, yes, you know, when he's firing from outside, he can, you know, he, he, he can show range and he can make those shots and it will help it. But I also think the fact that his being able to penetrate, get to a spot, kick the ball out, or find and be is really going to help them out and help them get these teams out of the zone. Keith Pompey is our guest. He covers the Sixers for the Philadelphia Inquirer, a job that probably got just a lot more interesting. Um, Keith, the last time the Sixers had a guard who could who could close out, who who was was clutch, it was Jimmy Butler. Is Harden at this point of his career better than Butler was when he was here a couple of years back? That's a great question um, because you know uh, you look at it, and uh, you know the, the thing about Harden. Uh, you know, uh, if you would have said a couple of years ago, I would say Harden. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, Harden was completely better. Now, the reason why it's a great question is because you look at Harden right now. He's thirty-two. Um, you know, he's played a lot of minutes. He's done a lot of things, but he had kind of like a down shooting percentage for a season this year in, in Brooklyn. So you have to determine, was that just because of the situation he was in or is he a little bit on the decline, so to speak? Um, but, you know, let's face it. When As soon as they got rid of Jimmy Butler and we realized that the Al Horford experiment wasn't working. Everyone at that point was saying, you have to go after James Harden. You have to. But again, that was the James Harden from two years ago. So we'll really find out. But, you know, if if you ask me, like, nothing against Jimmy Butler. I like Jimmy. I mean, and I think Jimmy was great. But, you know, there was a time where some people were saying, I don't know if Jimmy's the right guy. And But when they got into the playoffs, they understood that Jimmy was that guy. They understood it then. But even still, he still wasn't in that category of a James Harden. Like James Harden was what they call those A-list guys, where Jimmy, as good as he was, Mm -hmm. you know, he was a B-list all-star. So, you know, it's still an upgrade. The only question is we the Sixers have to figure out is was his shooting percentage because of Father Tom, so to speak, or was it just because he was in a bad situation, you know, up in Brooklyn? One of the things that, uh, and we were just talking about this before you came on, one of the things about this trade that surprised me, not that the trade was done, that didn't surprise me because it had been talked about for so long, but they were able to do it without including Thibel or Maxi or Harris or those guys who had, at various times had all been mentioned as part of the proposed deal. They were able to make the deal without including any of those guys. How surprising was that to you? You know, the, the thing about it is, um, in, in regards to uh, Harris, his contract was like, you know, it's just too much. You know, there are teams who like him, but they don't like him for 30, 35.9 million. You know, they, they, they like, if he was a 20 million guy, maybe, right? Um, but I think that was a hard, hard a sell getting off of that contract. Um, in regards to, to, to Maxi and, and Matisse, yeah, I was surprised um, be, be because there were, at least one of them, because there were a lot of teams 
who really, you know, who were going after him. But when you think about it, you look at it, I think this was the quintessential bluffing uh, trade negotiations. Like, at the end of the day, Brooklyn was saying how much they wanted these guys, but they really didn't want to finish the season with Harden in the locker room because they didn't know how, if it was just going to blow up. I mean, the guy wasn't with the team. You know, he was in Houston, I heard, you know, things like that. He left, you know, for the, uh, for the trade deadline. So they guys on the team felt like he quit. They quit on him. So while they were saying we're holding out, you know, they, they, at, at the end, they had to settle, you know, and, I, and it was one of those things where, yes, they kept saying, we want Matisse, we want Matisse, we want Matisse. But then right at the 11th hour, they said, okay, we'll take Drummond instead, <laughs> right? So yeah. in, in a way, you can argue that, yes, they didn't have to give these guys up, but, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, uh, Brooklyn was going to make a deal no matter what. I'm just gonna, there's a little confusion as to whether he opted in for next year. I've seen reports both ways. What is his contract status? I'm hearing that he will opt in. Uh, I, I, you know, I didn't hear that he opted in. Okay, but he has not yet. Um, no, I, I just scared. okay. Um, one more, I one more question. And I'll turn it over to Ray. What would you, given the opportunity, what would you have wanted to ask Ben Simmons over the course of the last month or two? Uh, what could you have done better? What could you have done better? You know, I mean, because, you know, the, the thing about Ben, you know, every, every, and like, you know, Ben stuff is leaking out and, you know, you talk to sources and they say stuff, how you felt. I never fault anyone for the way they feel, especially six months after the way they felt a certain way. But my main question would have been, like, what could you have done to make the situation better? And the reason why I'm saying that is I remember um, his first playoff series, you know, which was his rookie year, but actually his second year because he missed the first year. And he struggled from the foul line, and and he struggled to make shots at times, right? And um, more so shots from the outside. He didn't take them. And, you know, I remember I was doing these radio shows, and people were asking me, well, do you expect him to be better next year? And I was like, yeah. Like, you know, after he struggled from shooting the three and these perimeter shots and how guys were sagging off him, I'm confident that this guy is in the gym working on it, right? He just assumed he would be. And then the second year comes, and it's a little bit of the same. And then after that, the same. And it gets to a point where, you know, when you don't fire up those shots, um, it leads to Doc Rivers having to go above and beyond to defend you from the media, which led to finally Doc Rivers saying what he said and then led to Ben Simmons getting upset and, and led to where we are right now. And my question for him would be, what would you have done differently when you went back to that Boston series um, and you struggled? from shooting the ball because if he would have worked on his game, I'm telling you, I mean, we talk about Joel Embiid being the guy and Joel Embiid is the man, but some of the things that Ben Simmons used to do for a six ten guy, his athleticism and stuff, you know, it's comparable what Joel Embiid is able to do as a seven foot two guy. And if Ben worked on his jumper, 
and, and, and spent more time on his three-throw shooting, I mean, you can say that he would be a top-five player in the, in the league. And so that would be my question to Ben Simmons. Like, what would you have done differently? Yeah, good question. Good question. It's a question that uh, a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people would ask. My uh, last question for me, Keith, is it seems that uh, when you look at Simmons and the kind of player that he is at this point in his career uh, and, the, and the landing places that he could have gone, you know, not that I'm rooting for the guy. I'm certainly not. But it seems like Brooklyn's a good one for him. I mean, for a guy that doesn't want to shoot the ball and wants to distribute the ball, he needs to be on a team with shooters. And, man, they got some shooters. I mean, it seems like if you could pick a, if you could pick a place for him to go, if he can just deal with New York, if he can deal with the New York media and the scrutiny he's going to be under, for his game, being on the same floor with Durant and Irving and Curry now would seem to be a tailor-made situation for him. Oh, yeah. It's the, if it's not the best situation, it's the second best. I mean, you know, ideally you would say to yourself, okay, where else would he be better or excel? Okay, the Splash Brothers, right, in Golden State. But then you have to, you know, you can't have him and Draymond on the floor at the same time. So then you think about Brooklyn and the difference between the Splash Brothers and um, and, and Brooklyn is like, you know, the Splash Brothers, they shoot threes. You know, they're known for that. But these guys can do a lot of things. They can become very ball dominant at times and do things. So whereas, you know, Ben Simmons can be, uh, you know, celebrated for getting four to five shots a game because he knows he's going to defend. He knows he's going to get assists. He's going to do a lot of other intangible things. He's going to be an all-star type of role player type of guy, getting stats. And, you know, I also think that there's not going to be anyone saying, hey, how come you only shot the ball four times? How come you didn't shoot the ball in the in the fourth quarter? So you are right. You are correct. It, it, this is a great uh, spot for him. My only thing that I hope for him, like you said, you know, you root for the guy. You know, he, you know, he, he wants him a lot. But me personally, I just hope that he uses this opportunity. Now, again, he doesn't have to shoot the ball. But I hope he uses this opportunity to take advantage of working on his game. Well, you may not have to show it, but you have to improve your game because that's going to come an opportunity that, you know, you're going to be called upon to make that shot. You're more gracious than I am, Keith Pompey. I'll give you credit for that. Uh, Pompey on Sixers on Twitter. Uh, I'm sorry, real quick, when might we see James Harden's debut? Is it going to be before the All-Star game or next week? I don't know. Doc said there's no timetable. Um, you know, I would, I would hate to throw something out there, okay. but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if, 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 it's, you know, if, if it takes to after the All-Star game. Got it. But that's Keith, thanks, thanks so much for being our guest today, man. Always appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Thank you, uh, Keith. Be well. There you go. He's very gracious, Beth Simmons, Ray. And you're, you're more often a bigger man than I, more gracious than I, but I can tell you I am rooting for Ben Simmons to be a dismal failure. That's just, <laughs> that's just me. I, you know, I, got, I can be vindictive. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, I don't particularly care. I mean, I certainly I know. You know, made it known I don't like the guy, but now that he's somebody else's problem, I can, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm not rooting either for nor – I'm certainly not rooting for him, nor am I rooting against him. I, the one thing I am rooting for, I am rooting for the Sixers and the, and the Nets to hook up in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. 
I would I I that, that if you're asking me what I'm rooting for as the outcome of all this, what I am rooting for is that when you get to the postseason, we get Sixers Nets somewhere along the line. That yep. to me would be must see TV. Corey in the Northeast wants to talk about the trade. What are you thinking, Corey? Hey guys, how you doing? All right. Uh, first, uh, you know, I'm ecstatic about the trade. I think it was the best case scenario. I think he got the best player that he could. We all know that that's what we want. Hey, Corey, if you're on speaker, could you um, get off the speaker and pick up the phone? Pick up the headset? One second. Okay. Yeah, it really helps us. It's it's easier for the audience to hear when you're Hello? actually. Is that yeah, better? They're much better. Thank you. All yes. right. Sorry about that. I'm at work. Mm-hmm. But we all know that that was his guy all along, so I'm sure he's happy about getting. But what I wanted to talk about is now what are we going to do about the backup center position? Now, I know that there's been a couple of things said about maybe getting DeAndre Jordan in the buyout market or um, Boogie Cousins. I mean, what do you guys see them doing? I think that – I mean, not not being able to tell you all the names, but the buyout market is a real thing in the NBA, which is teams want to dump contracts at the end of – or, you know, coming up soon in the season. Um, the Sixers have done it before. Remember when they got Bellinelli a couple of years ago and how right. helpful he was? That was a buyout market thing. So they'll they'll find a body. But part of it to me, Corey, and you do need a backup center, but it's less vital as they move to the playoffs because – Hey, if you lose and beat in the playoffs, you're done anyway. I don't want the backup center to play more than 10, 12 minutes a night in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. So, so we'll see. That's, um, I mean, something they have to do, but, Ray, I can't say it's big concern to me. No, no, although Drummond did fit that role very well. Yeah, I know. I mean, he came in he and actually gave, he actually came in and gave you something. You know, when he was, when he was on the floor, I mean, he, he did some things. He was certainly a, certainly a defensive presence. He rebounded hard, and he could actually – he could actually score the ball once in a while. So, I mean, he was kind of nice to have, but if putting him in the trade allowed you to close the deal, then fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah. How do you think Drummond and uh, Curry feel now <laughs> that they are uh, – they got to be teammates of Ben Simmons now, that they got traded because of Ben Simmons? <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's not a lot of warmth there. Yeah. I mean, Curry, you know, Doc had to trade his son-in-law. His son-in-law. He traded his grandkids, for God's sakes. Yeah. How about that? 215-592-9494. We'll get some calls in. Coming up in the next segment, we do our Scheib Sports This Week in Philadelphia Sports History. We have a great one, a hoops-related one, a big star comes to town one. So I'm excited about that. Stay tuned for that. We'll take your calls at 215-592-9494. He's Ray Dinger. I'm Glenn Mack now. And if this cold winter weather hasn't yet convinced you to replace your drafty, inefficient windows and doors, well, great people have got a door and window. They can help. They're extending their biggest discounts of the year through the end of February. Now, if you haven't taken advantage of God's big winter sale, here's another chance to do so. You receive 40% off every window and door you buy. Yep, 40% off each expertly installed, energy-efficient replacement window that includes free, high-performance, low-E glass and 40% off any high-quality door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. And you can buy now and pay later with Guida's interest-free financing or low monthly payment plans. Act now. Offers through the end of February. So don't let this chance for big savings pass you by. If your home needs new windows or doors, call the experts at Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.